So, how to obtain miracles by faith? Let's look at James chapter 2, verse 26. Now, it's very, very important when we read our Bible, it's not that God is putting a demand on you. It's not that God is using the scriptures to beat you up. Every scripture has its inherent mission. Every scripture has its inherent power. The word of God will make you what it says for you to be. So as you read the word, you are receiving the empowerment to be what the word of God says you are. Can we say amen? You receive the empowerment to do what the word of God says to do. Don't allow the devil to turn the word of God around to beat you up, you know, and scold you. No, and put demands on you. No, the word of God is your empowerment. So if you look at James chapter 2, verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Now I want you to pay attention to the priority, to the priority of this scripture. Can I ask you which comes first? The body or the spirit? Louder? The spirit. Can I ask you, can the body live without the spirit? Louder, please. No, you need to, you know, speak confidently. No. Can the spirit live without the body? Absolutely. Yes. Can I ask you, which is in the invisible Ram, the body or the spirit? The spirit. Can I ask you, what are some of the things that are mentioned to us in the Bible, which are invisible to the physical eyes? What are some of the things mentioned in the Bible, which are invisible to the physical eyes? Angels, yes. I'm talking about beings. Angels, devils, yes, demons, God, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son. That's right. But can I ask you, which is more powerful? What you can, oh, we miss out one thing, the human spirit. Your human spirit is invisible to the naked eyes and yet is very real. Your soul is invisible to your eyes, but is very real. So can I ask you, what is more powerful, the visible or the invisible? The invisible. One more question. What houses your spirit? Your body. Who is the boss? Your body or your spirit? Who is the boss? Your soul or your spirit? Your spirit. Another question. Who is the boss? The one who owns the house or the house? The one who owns the house. So we need to know that there are three parts of us. Two parts that we can see. 
Two parts that we cannot see, only one part that we can see. And what should be our priority? The parts that we cannot see. Your spirit, another word for it, a secular word for it, will be your consciousness. Your soul, another word for it, will be your personality or your character. Your body, your physical body. So one third of us, one third of you is visible, but two third of you are invisible. So why are we so stuck to the visible and the tangible? Why can't we believe God for the invisible and the spiritual? Well, somebody say, because it's not real. It's not real until I see it, I hear it, I touch it, I smell it, I feel it. Really? Let's go to John 20 verse 29. John 20 verse 29. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have not seen, because you have seen me, you have believed Blessed, say with me, blessed. Blessed. One more time, blessed. Blessed Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. I don't know if God has healed me or not because I don't sense, I don't feel healed. I still feel sick. Blessed are they. That have not seen, not felt, not heard, and yet have believed. So why are we so vulnerable to listen to the voice of our five physical senses? It's because of the sin that is in this world. Because we're living in a fallen world. Fallen to become slaves to the natural realm. Fallen to become slaves to the five physical senses. And that's how the devil gets to bully you, attack you, and destroy you. Why? Because he has made a sense-rude person out of you. How many of you know that your vision is more powerful than what you're seeing right now? How many of you know that your imagination can take you where you can never go if you only believe in the now and the natural? The Holy Spirit has been given to each and every child of God to do what? To spiritualize us. Come on, say with me, spiritualize. To spiritualize us. Amen. Why? So that we walk in the spirit, so that we can live by faith, so that we will not be tyrannized by our five physical senses. We're living in the world which is very much dictated by the senses. The Bible calls it earthly, sensual, and devilish. If you look at What Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 29, Jesus said to Thomas, 
Because you have seen me, now you have believed. Big deal. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So Jesus exhausts faith over and above the natural evidences of the five physical senses. That's the revelation. Somebody says, I see and therefore I believe. But let's look at how God works. It exists because I believe that it does. It exists because I believe that it does. It's called creative miracles. That's why during crusades, for people who believe, who stand in the gap to believe, eyeballs can be given to empty eye sockets. Limbs can grow out from somebody who had been amputated. I believe the church is now entering into the realm of creative miracles. We are entering into a new era. The church is entering into a new era. The latter glory shall be greater than the former. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to miss it. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to see creative miracles. We're going to see signs and wonders like we've never seen before. Amen. How did God create the whole universe? Genesis 1-3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. The spoken word before the physical manifestation. The spoken word before the physical manifestation. It's normal in the realm of the spirit. It's normal in the realm of miracles. To see miracles. To see eyes growing out of empty sockets. To see limbs growing out of legs that have been amputated. Miracles, that's the way that God works. God does not work like us. God does not work like we do. God works signs, wonders, miracles. God works by word and by faith. Can we say amen? Let me ask you, how many of you have seen a mobile phone 50 years ago? Have you ever seen a mobile phone 50 years ago? No. So since you did not see, does it mean that it won't exist? Whatever you have not seen, does it mean that it will never exist? No. You did not see it, does not mean that it won't exist. I have not seen this miracle, but it does not mean that the miracle will not happen. So we must not limit ourselves by our past experiences and we must not limit ourselves by our physical senses. How many of you have seen a mobile phone now? Come on, lift up your hands if you have or you're using one. If you, if you had told somebody 50 years ago that you would be carrying your phone around <laughs> and that you have your photos in your phone, they would say you're crazy. How many of you have got it? 
So can we believe what we have not seen, heard, or known, or experienced? Can we believe? Come on, louder. Can you believe? Can you believe? What you have not seen? What you have not heard? What you have not touched? Can you believe that? Yes. Do you want to hinder God with your unbelief? Louder? No. Can you believe God for miracles? Yes. Let me ask you another question. Who is bigger? Your head or God? Amen. Hallelujah. Who is more powerful? Us or God? God. Let's look at Mark chapter 9 verse 23. Mark 9 23. Jesus said unto him, if you can. One more time. If you can believe all things are possible to him that believes. You need to have this scripture marked in your Bible. Copy it, frame it, and put it on the wall so you can see it all the time. Amen. I feel good just reading it. So let's just read it one more time. Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So that's how I pray. I said, Lord, I am a believer. So all things are possible to me because I believe. Amen. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Matthew 17, verse 20. We have to be absolutely honest with ourselves. If we have any unbelief, we need to vomit it out. Rip it off. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not unusual to have unbelief. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But God is faithful to help us. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, remember, God never gives up on anyone. So Jesus never gives up on him because he doesn't believe. He said, verily, here's what I have for you. I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. How many of you have seen a mustard seed? You know how small it is, eh? Yes. If you have, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, what do you do? You say to this mountain. What do you, what do you do? You say to this mountain. What do you do? You say to this mountain. You don't just stand there and wish. You don't just stand there and be shy and don't dare to, you know, I dare not pray and I dare not pray too loudly because others may hear you and I get all embarrassed. You need to charge yourself, put the word of God into yourself so that you're bold as a lion. And when you pray, you're roaring. When you pray, you're roaring. When you're praying, you're roaring. Hallelujah. You shake all the darkness around you. The word of God shakes heaven and earth. Amen. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hands and go to the other place. And what is this result? What's the result? It shall remove. So you speak to the cancer, go in the name of Jesus, and the cancer cells will go 
Why? Because you don't compromise. You don't compromise. And when you speak, you're speaking the voice of God. You're speaking the voice of faith. You're not speaking the voice of doubt. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And continue to read. The best is still to come. Now read this together with me. One, two, three. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Wow. See, Jesus had just turned a doubter into a believer. How many of you believe that his voice was charged with faith? How can you stand next to faith himself and not believe? That's why the presence of God is very important in your life. That's why don't ever miss praise and worship. The presence of God brings faith. Because whenever God speaks, faith is imparted. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you need to mark it down. Why? Because it is a prophecy for you. Jesus gave me this prophecy even before I was born. What am I talking about? This is a prophecy to be personally fulfilled for me in my life. What is a prophecy? As soon as I do it, it comes to pass. That's a prophecy. A prophecy is, some, is, a, is what God has promised you beforehand. And as soon as you act on it, as soon as you act on it, it comes to pass for you. It's so powerful. That's why I said Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is doing life with God. I was a very, very timid person. I was very, very timid. But when I got hold of these prophecies, they emboldened me. They made me a new person. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Don't just get born again without growing. Don't just get born again without laying laying hold of all the treasures that God has for you. Don't waste your time on the earth. And when you go to heaven, you have to start all over again and go into Bible college. Because you can't can't live in God's kingdom without knowing his word. When we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the Father, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about governance. We're talking about a Christian nation. We're talking about the government of God. If a natural government has laws and constitutions, how much more the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, some of us, we think that if I cry enough, you know, God will do something for me. How many of you have been to the court? How many of you have been to a a natural court in Australia? No matter how much you cry, the judge is not going to change his or her mind because of your tears. How many of us know that? God works by principles. God works by principles. God works by principles. And that's what every wise person will do. So we need to know those principles. And faith is one of those principles that we cannot afford not to know. 
How come so many Christians are sick? How come so many Christians are broke? How come so many marriages end in divorces? Why? Because they are not serious with God. Too many emotional Christians who live by feelings. We need to know by knowledge. The sure knowledge of the word of God. Can we say amen? If you have somebody coming towards you and wanting to kill you, like sickness and disease, you can't just stand there and cry. What do you have to do? Fight back. What do you have to do? Fight back with knowledge, with power, with wisdom, with the power of God coming out of you, the word of faith coming out of you. Can we say amen? When COVID tries to come to kill you, And take away your job, take away your living, what do you do? You don't just keep, you know, just keep turning on the news and just looking at the figures, looking at statistics. They can't help you. You have a real enemy. It's called sickness and disease. And you have to fight them. You have to fight them. It's called the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Can we say amen? Everything that is in the Bible is practical. Nothing is religious and nothing is philosophical. Can we say amen? So these are powerful prophecies for you and for me. So let's take them, believe them, and apply them and practice them. Practice them on a regular and on a consistent basis. Some of us, we work so hard when it comes to our job. And that's the devil's tactic. The devil has made you so tired and so depleted with your work that you have no time for God. Or you become too worn out when it comes to the Lord. It is important to be good for us to be good stewards of our time. The book of Ecclesiastes. You must have time with the Lord and for the Lord. Can we say amen? It is important for you to schedule your time. Time means your lifespan. So it's important for you and for me to schedule my time. To schedule the time to pray. To schedule the time to listen. To schedule, to, the, to schedule the time to read the word of God. To schedule your time to stand in the gap and intercede. Can we say amen? To schedule your time to serve the Lord. To receive miracles, or let's call them impossibilities, you must have faith. Faith is bigger than the natural person. Faith lifts us up to the realm of the impossible. Faith makes you bigger than yourself. Faith is the currency of heaven. Now we're moving towards a cashless society. We all know that. Faith is our heavenly currency. What do I mean by that? Faith is your exchange. You give to God what you believe, and God gives to you what you believe him for. That's an exchange. Through your prayer, you give God your faith, what you believe him for. 
And with your faith, God delivers you what you want. Can we say amen? That's why prayers are not reserved to pastors, evangelists, you know, apostles. No, prayer is your God-given weapon and your God-given channel to receive what you want. That's why it's so important to understand faith. Faith grows, thrives, prospers your health, your finances, and your living. Faith attracts heaven to earth. Faith births and is fueled by corresponding actions. Let's say, I'm believing God for protection. I'm believing God for protection. So I talk protection. I think protection. I read protection. I feel protection. I even dream protection. And what I do corresponding to what I believe God for will fuel the faith that is in me. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Faith has action and your action feeds the faith. And the faith gives more action. And your actions feed the faith. And that's why Jesus said, remember what he said? To whom that that has, more shall be given. To him that does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. When I first read it, I said, wow, God, that sounds very harsh to me. The Holy Spirit explains it to me. Because if you only have a little, it won't take long for you to stop believing. When the others around you stop talking, you know, start talking unbelief. When the others around you start talking unbelief, when they start talking about the figures of COVID, you know, what's the figure, how many nations, how bad it is. Because the, the little faith that you have and you get shaken and before you know it, it's gone. But if you keep using your faith, and if you keep using your faith, you keep thinking, and you keep talking, and you keep hearing, and you keep acting. So your faith is not dead. Your faith has life. It's fed. Your faith is fueled. It's just like you go to the petrol station and you put, you put um, what's that called? Petrol into your car. So you're feeding your faith, you're charging your faith, and you're using it, and using it, and charging it, while using it, while you're using it, you're charging it, while using it, you're charging it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you look at James chapter 2, verse 26, James 2, 26, faith without works is dead. What does it mean? It has no life. It's like a corpse. It's lifeless. Faith thrives. Because faith comes from God. And God is life. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Faith prompts you to see, to believe, and do the impossible. Faith makes a warrior out of you. How many of you have how many of you have read about Gideon? He was a coward to begin with. But as soon as God started talking to him, faith made a warrior out of him. Faith looks not at my natural self, but looks at who I am in the word of God. I see myself in the word. 
The word of God is your mirror. That's where you see yourself. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. In the word, you see the new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. The new creature that Jesus had died on the cross to make you to be. Faith studies, faith learns from the word, how to act, move, and live according to divine instructions in the maker's manual of success to you. Can we say amen? You have to be determined that you do not die by a gloom and doom, negative, pessimistic, cursed, and cursing outlook. You need to check yourself. Your faith should not be in what you eat. I'm not against vitamins. I'm not against anything, you know, good food or whatever. But that's not where my faith is. I'm not against doctors, but that's not where my faith is. I'm not against ointment, all the Chinese herbs, all all of that. That's, That's not where my faith is. And you need to make that decision. It's Jesus or nothing. They are just, maybe I enjoy it because it tastes good. But that's not where my health is. That's that's not where my healing is. Can we say amen? amen? And that's how you keep practicing. You keep practicing your faith. You keep practicing your faith. You keep practicing your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. How do I know that I have faith? How do I know that I have faith? When I sense faith working in me. When I'm passionate, when I'm bright, when I'm joyful, when I'm peaceful, when everything lights up around me, everything thrives. Hallelujah. When I believe God for a par, for a parking, when I believe God for a car park, and right away there it is. (laughs) When I see results, I believe God to heal my foot, and there it is, healed. Amen. Faith always delivers. Faith always delivers what you believe for. Amen. You have dreams. You have visions. You have hope. Amen. What's the threshold of faith? How long does it take to receive a miracle? You can write it down. Number one, to receive a miracle, you must not be a passive receiver. To receive a miracle, you must not be a passive receiver. The devil's lie is that God is sovereign. He'll do whatever he likes. If he wants to heal you, he'll heal you. No, that's a lie from hell. That's a lie from the devil. God works with your faith. God works with your faith. God works with your knowledge of his word. When it comes to dispensations, end time miracles, the Mosaic covenant, the dispensational miracles come by God's sovereignty. That's why we're seeing so many end time things happening now. The dispensational miracles come by God's sovereignty. But when it comes to your and my personal miracles, they come by faith. Because you are not in those dispensations already. You're already in the church. 
So when it comes to your personal miracles, they come by your faith. If you don't have faith, you will die and go to heaven anyway. But how many of us don't want to die early? So you have to use your faith. Well, do I have faith? Come on, you answer me. Do I have faith? Do you have faith? Do you have faith? Has it been given to you? And whose responsibility is it to grow it? Exactly. Amen. Hallelujah. You must be a you must be an active participator. An active participator of God's miracles, of God's working power. You must be an active co-worker with God. Lift up your hands if you want to be an active co-worker with him. Amen. That's why Jesus said, my sheep hears my voice. So we have to practice hearing the voice of God. When I have a stomach upset, I don't go to, you know, whatever, the farmers. I don't go to the pharmacy. I practice hearing the voice of God. Lord, what's happening? I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Lay hand on the sick and they shall recover. If I'm the sick one, lay hand on myself and expect recovery. Heaven and earth will pass away. Well, you say, but how do you know if the word will work for you? You work the word, the word will work for you. How many many guarantees do you need? God is no respecter of persons. If you can believe, all things are possible for them that believe. So how many scriptures do you need to have a strong persuasion? Hallelujah. That God's word works. What is faith? Faith is a strong persuasion. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So believe and speak. That's your part. We call that praying, declaring, confessing, casting out devils. When it comes to sickness and disease, when it comes to problems, God is never your problem. God is not the one to put sickness and disease on you because you are a believer. Sickness belongs to Egypt. God will never put any sickness and disease on you. And he doesn't have any sickness and disease to put on you. So there's no point begging him. Oh God, will you please heal me? Will you please me? Why don't you heal me? Could you please heal me? All those prayers prayed in the wrong way. There are many prayers that are wasted because they've been prayed wrong. Remember, when it comes to prayer, you're in the court of heaven. Remember, Jesus said to the woman going to the judge because of her importunity. And what's the setting? What's the setting in a court? The judge. So what do you have to do? You have to be like a prosecutor. You have to act like a prosecutor. And whom are you prosecuting? Your enemy, the devil. Prosecute him in the court of heaven. It's illegal for the devil to put any sickness on me because it is written. It is written by his stripes, I am healed. And be the daylight out of the devil. That's how you pray. 
and pray loudly, clearly, and strongly with confidence and boldness. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And you talk to COVID as if it's a devil standing right in front of you. And you say, COVID, you're not allowed to come close. You're not allowed to come close to my family. You're not allowed to come close to our church. You're not allowed to come close to Brisbane. You're not allowed to come close to Queensland. Get in Jesus' name. It's the voice of faith. Devils listen to power. Devils listen to authority. What is the governance of God? It's his dominion. It's his dominion. Let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so. That I have been redeemed from sickness and disease. I've been redeemed from poverty. I've been redeemed from strife and evil. I've been redeemed from pornography. I've been redeemed from addiction. I've been redeemed for what, from whatever that's not good for me. And having done all else, stand and stand therefore. Why? Because you're fighting against demons and they have no mercy. They're crazy. That's why. Another very powerful biblical principle is the strong one wins. You have to be stronger than the devil. Can we say amen? Amen. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Hebrews 10 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. The profession of your faith is more powerful than whether your profession is architect or doctor or lawyer or whatever. Every child of God, we have a profession and we are professional. What's our profession? Come on, tell me. Faith. What's your profession? Faith. And you hold on to the profession of your faith. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And if you look at verse 35, the same chapter, Hebrews 10, 35. Cast not away, therefore, your what? Confidence. Why? Which has great recompense of reward. How many of us want rewards? How many of us want rewards? And what will deliver you your reward? Faith. Faith in the word of God. Faith hears God's voice and releases God's voice. Faith hears, faith speaks, and faith works. Point number two, you must believe in miracles to receive miracles. You must believe in God's supernatural power. That's how God works. And if you keep focusing on the natural, very soon you will become too heavy and bulky to soar. If you keep focusing on the natural, if you keep your eyes on the natural problems, situations, you will become too heavy. And no matter how much you try to flap, and you flap, and you flap, because you're too heavy, you won't be able to fly. And that's why it's so, so important to keep ourselves light. Christians, we should be light-hearted. Can we say amen? Cast all your cares upon him. So how does faith work? 
Go to Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21. How does faith work? Romans chapter 4, 19 to 21. I'm giving you the principles of faith which you can use in whatever area of your life. Romans chapter 4, verse 19 to 21. And being not weak in faith, referring to Abraham, he considered not his own body now dead. He does not look at the natural. He does not. I mean, it's easier because in those days they didn't have scan. They didn't have ultrasound. (laughs) If you've been offered all those things, then you had to resist them. Hey, He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Maybe my wife could help me. No, she couldn't help you neither. Both of you were as good as dead. When it comes to giving birth to babies. Okay? This is so good. You need to settle it. Oh, God cannot move in our lives because we are both too old. How can God give us babies? Both of us are too old. They didn't say that. They didn't think like that. He considered not. He didn't think about it. Who cares? If God says he's going to give us a baby, he's going to do it anyway. If you're believing God for a job, don't worry about your resume. If God's going to give you a job, forget about your resume. Who cares? He's going to open doors for you. Isn't that right? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So the Holy Spirit is saying that if you look at the natural, you are in unbelief. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Can we say amen? Isn't it awesome? It's so good. Amen. And look at verse 21. 21. Being fully persuaded. Who persuaded him? God. God took him out and asked him, look at the skies. Look at the skies. We can do the same. Go, look at the trees. Look at the flowers. If God could make them so beautiful, God could heal my body. God could make my life beautiful. Amen. If God provided for all the birds, how much more God would give me a job? Can we say amen? Fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Number three. We talked about dispensational miracles. Dispensational miracles come by God's sovereignty, like all the messianic uh, promises and and, uh, prophecies. But when it comes to your personal miracles, you have to believe God. In the Bible, we have seen personal miracles that happened because of the faith of Elijah, because of the faith of Elijah, because of the faith of Peter, the faith of Paul, and of course, not to mention the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God has ordained for his church to operate by faith. God has ordained for his church to operate by faith. It's his way or no way. How many of you know that Jesus is the way? And when Jesus taught faith, go through your four gospels. When Jesus taught faith, he practiced what he taught. He's not hypocritical. 
He practiced what he taught. He said to the woman with the issue of blood, be it unto you according to your faith. Your faith has made you whole. Amen. He did not use God's sovereignty who used their, he used their faith. Can we say amen? Point number four. Some miracles are instantaneous, but some you have to grow them. If you have listened to Kingdom Warriors this past uh, Thursday, I explained that. Some miracles are instantaneous, but some have to grow by faith. Now, let me give you an example. For example, Moses, remember God said, I'm going to send you to a Pharaoh. And God said to Moses, now put your hand in your bosom. And then he did. And then God said, now pull it out. And he pulled it out and his hand became leprous. And then God said, now put your hand back into your bosom. And he obeyed and he did. And then God said, now pull out your hand. And he pulled out his hand and the leprosy was completely healed. So the question is, did God put leprosy on Moses? No, because we know that the wages of sin is death. So how did the leprosy, how did it come by? God just for that moment brought out all the sin that was in Moses because he did not have a savior, right? And so God just brought out all the sin that was in Moses, magnified it, intensified it, and it became leprosy on his hand. And then God showed by his mercy and grace, his healing power, and then the hand was healed. So that was an instantaneous miracle. That was an instantaneous miracle. But then what about Abraham? Did he receive an instantaneous miracle? No. No. He had to believe. Number one, he had to believe for his wife to get pregnant. He had to believe that he still had the power to give birth to kids. And he had to believe that his wife, her womb, would be able to receive and would be able to hold and would be able to, what do you call that? Um, anyway, whatever, that <laughs> the biological process. And a fetus would be formed, you know, an embryo, a fetus. And then this baby would not be uh, unhealthy, but this baby, even though it's in the womb, of an almost 100-year-old woman would still grow and grow healthily, and the 100-year-old woman would give birth to this baby healthily. You have to remember, God didn't keep speaking to them. Read your Bible. Even for, Virg even for Mary, Mary did not keep having an angel. She had to go through her normal pregnancy all by herself. She didn't keep receiving miracles. Heavenly visitations? No. So Sarah had to go through the nine to ten months of normal pregnancy. And the boy had to grow. And all they could see was just one boy. One boy. One boy. When God had promised them, look at the stars. Look at the sand in the seashore. That's why Abraham is called the father of faith. For some miracles, you have to allow time to grow them. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
And if you look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. So what I'm saying is don't abort your miracles. Keep growing them. Don't abort your miracles. If you know and you know and you know that God had spoken, because there had to be the voice behind the word. If you know and you know and you know that God has spoken to you, then keep believing. And if you look at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through what? Faith and? Faith and? Faith and patience inherit the promises. Let me ask you a very important question. Do you allow time to define you? I'm too old. I won't be able to recall too much. My mind is getting slower. So do you allow or should you allow time to define you? Come on, answer me. No, your identity is not defined by time. Heaven has no time. What is spiritual has no time. It's time, let me ask you, it's time for you or against you, according to the will of God. Should be for you. So when you wake up in the morning, you thank the Lord, I have 24 hours today. These are the talents that you have given me. And I want to use them for your glory. Time must work for me. Time is my servant. Time is my God-given tool. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. And time is not allowed to drive me. Time is not allowed to rush me. Time is not allowed to make me nervous. Time is not allowed to make me quit believing. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Another question. Is time your master or your tool? Louder? Tool. Patience is a master of time. Patience is faith defying the passage, the mockery of time. Patience grows your miracles with faith, assurance, a strong and a firm persuasion. Can we say amen? A pregnant mother has to go through how many months? Nine months to give birth to a healthy, full-term baby. And all through the pregnancy, she is confident, joyful, healthy, and expectant. Is that right? Amen. So the same way when we are growing a miracle, we need to be confident, joyful, healthy, and expectant. And also that pregnant mom, she feeds herself well. She exercises. She prepares for the birth of her baby. So in the same way, we should be growing our miracles, planting those miracle seeds in fertile and good soil. Your heart. And the mother would even talk to her baby in her womb, speaking good words over her. She thinks good about her baby. She thinks good about her future. The same way we should do to our miracles. She gives birth to a healthy baby who will grow to become a fine man or a fine woman. You give birth to a miracle. 
the word which has manifested for you in the natural, for a good cause, for a powerful testimony. Can we say amen? Understand the power of words when it comes to time and growth. Your words are very, very important. You may say that you may think that, well, I have believed God, I have prayed, I'm a fervent Christian, I have served, but you have not tamed your tongue. You are still all the time talking rubbish, unbelief. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 37, this is another kingdom principle. God will not change his principles for you. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. Can we read this together? One, two, three. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. We need, you and I, we need to be mindful of what we say. Okay? It's very important. Don't just say anything just because you want to joke. There are things that you can't joke about, like your health. And don't allow religious demons to steal you of your inheritance. When it comes to sickness and disease, can I have your attention, church? Okay. If it comes to choosing your husband, you need to wait on the Lord. Is this the right man? Is that the right Woman, you have to, you know. Or when it comes to choosing a school for your kids, you have to wait on the Lord. But when it comes to sickness and disease, you don't have to wait on the Lord. Why? Because His will is in His Word. It's absolutely clear, without a doubt. Jesus came. Why did He receive all the stripes, the whippings? On his body. So that you and I can be healed. So you don't look at him straight in his face. Lord, you don't need to heal me. It's okay if I suffer. Do you understand what I'm saying? He did not take those stripes. So that you can be sick. And stay sick. You don't even have to wait on him. You don't even have to ask. When it comes to sickness and disease, just kick the devil out. Jesus said, in my name, cast out devils. He said, concerning the works of my hand, command you me. That's how strong he is about it. What's the first works that Jesus did when he started his ministry? Multiplying. Changing the water into wine. So let me ask you, does he want you poor? Does he want you to be in lack? No. So don't tell God, I can be poor for your sake. God is not poor. He doesn't need you to be poor for him. (laughs) And then what, what what other things did Jesus do? He went about doing good and healing. So it's very clear. Can we say to this once and for all? Can we say amen? Can we say amen? Hallelujah.
Amen. Remember, God does not need you to suffer for him. He's having a good life. Amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Very important. Okay. So it's important for us to pay attention to love our tongues. Can we read this? Proverbs 18.21. Read the latter part of that verse. Can we read that together? One, two, three. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. How do I love my tongue? How do I love my tongue? If you ask me to love my lips, I can put moisturizer, you know, so that they don't crack. But how do I love my tongue? Well, you study intentionally so that the Word of God will teach you how to speak and what to say. You don't allow the devil to use your tongue for bad. That's how you love your tongue. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Listen to me, church. No word, no power. No prayers, no miracles. I want to draw your attention to the very fact that you may have a wish. I just wish that God could heal me. But God is not obligated to give you what you wish for because a wish is not made up of faith. A wish does not have faith in it. Prayers have faith in them. Can we say amen? God is not obligated to fulfill my wish. He is only in covenant with me to fulfill his word that I believe. Well, you may think that, wow, that's being very harsh, Pastor Dora. Isn't God love? Wait a minute. Let me explain this to you. We are talking about God, the governor. We're talking about his governance. He, he, how can he be a good God? How can he be a good governor if he's moved by your tears and then your begging and then your emotions and then what you tell him to do, what you ask him to do? He'll be all over the place. Have you ever been, have you ever been a parent like that? You know, your child says, Mom, can you give me some more sweets? If not, I'm going to cry. Are you going to give your child sweets? Just because he or she's going to cry? No. You never run your house well. God runs his kingdom by principles, by covenants sworn in the blood of Jesus. It's time for us to know the God that we serve, the God that we worship. He's the governor of this whole universe. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Kingdom principles. It's so important that we know that. Amen. Let me finish with this. We are living in a very powerful time. This is the time when all prophecies will be fulfilled. Before the takeover, all the nations, all the kingdoms of the world will become the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you understand the word convergence? You know what it means. To converge means everything is coming together. 
So all the prophecies listed in your Bible, they are coming together because it's like a funnel. The time is like a funnel. It's big at the top, but everything is converging because something is going to happen. It's going to be fulfilled. So all the prophecies about you that have been spoken, when I'm talking about you, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the members of the church. They are to be fulfilled. They are to be fulfilled. All the prophecies about you are to be fulfilled. So don't waste any of them. You want prophecies fulfilled for you before you go to heaven. Because you don't need prophecies when you go to heaven. And one of the very, very powerful promises is that the glory of the letter house shall be. Come on, you, for those of you that know it, come and tell me. The glory of the letter house shall be greater than the former. So that means before the church is taken up. We will see signs and wonders and miracles that we've never seen before. The magnitude and the frequency. And you and I might be translated, taken to Tasmania, taken to Thailand, taken this and there and everywhere when the devil is trying to stop people from traveling. And God will translate you to different places to speak the gospel, to preach the word, because wherever you speak, power is released. Amen. Because God wants a more pe- God wants a lot of people saved. He's not going to take up just a few here and few there. He wants a lot more people raptured before the world enters into a terrible time. Yes, there will still be another rapture in the middle of the tribulation. But how many of you want your sons and your daughters raptured before the hard time? Come on, lift up your hands if you do. And if that's your heart, how much more is the heart of God? So church, we need to work together. We need to worship together. We need to praise together. We need to pray together. Because when the people of God take God's word seriously, the windows of heaven are open. We must open the windows of heaven. God works with those who work with him. Let me finish with this very powerful prophecy. It's in Isaiah 50, verse 10 to 11. And many of us know these scriptures. Isaiah 55, verse 10 to 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns thither, and returns not, sorry, returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud. How many of you have seen rain that comes down halfway and go back? (laughs) No. When it rains, it rains. What is the purpose for the rain? So the crops can grow. When the crops can grow, then we have food. So this is what God is saying. I want you to listen to the, the latter part. So that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Let's move on to the next scripture. Can I ask you to read this together with me? One, two, three. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish 
that which I please and shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So every word of God has an inherent mission. Every word of God, every scripture has the inherent power. So healing scriptures have the power to heal you. Prosperity scriptures have the power to prosper you. Salvation scriptures have the power to save your children. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Scriptures of holiness and righteousness have the power to make you and keep you holy and righteous. That's why remember the angel who appeared? He said, there is not even one word of God that is without power. Amen? So Gabriel gave Mary the word. What's the word for? So that she could be pregnant with Jesus. So the angel delivered the word. What did Mary say? Be it unto me according to your word. And she conceived. Amen. That's how it works. And the miracle continued to grow in her womb. Amen. Amen. So it's very important for us to understand that the promises of God are powerful at achieving the mission's impossible. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for allowing me to preach the whole sermon. Father, I give you thanks. I give you praise. Amen. Your word. Hallelujah. So powerful. Your faith. So powerful. Amen. That you have chosen to give to us, to put on the inside of each and every child of God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If it's your heart to fulfill the word of God, the prophecies of God for your life, just lift up your hands right now and let the Lord know that you want him to fulfill his prophecies for you, his words for you. Whether it's for your life, whether it's for your body, whether it's for your finances, for your works, for your family, just lift up your hands and tell him, I want your word. Be it unto me according to your word for everything in my life. I want your word. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I want you to do some acts of faith. For those of you that you have anything that is... Um, Unwell in your body, if you have any sickness, any disease, uh, anything that is bothering you in your body, I want you to take the step of faith and just stand up and just stand on the word of God. Stand on the healing scriptures of God and receive your healing by faith right now. Amen. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. Amen. She had to press to receive her healing. So as you stand, you're believing God for healing for your body in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you could be seated. So remember, you have received healing. Come on, say with me. I have received my healing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now you have to, you have to think it. You have to speak it. You have to talk it. You have to live it. 
You have to dream it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you can be seated. And for those of you that are needing financial miracles, financial miracles. Amen. Remember, I said you don't even have to wait. Financial miracles. So stand right now on the promises of God and even on the name of God that he is your Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing good will he withhold from those that love him. Amen. So stand on the promises of God and receive your finances. Any one of you that need that, don't be, don't be shy. If you need your financial miracles, stand. Yes, come on. Don't be shy. Don't look at the people around you. Come on. If you need finances, stand right now. Take your stand of faith. Take your stand of faith and receive your financial miracles. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Praise you and thank you. Finances to be released to your people. Amen. Father God, give you thanks and praise. Amen. Finances. Amen. Hallelujah. Your health and your wealth is God's will for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The last one, if I could ask you to sit down, please. This is very important. For those of you that are believing God to migrate to Australia, that you're believing God for your citizenship, even those that are watching online, you're believing God for your citizenship here in Australia. If you can take your stand of faith right now, if you could stand, please, that you're believing God to be a permanent citizen here in Australia. Amen. Stand. Amen. In Jesus' name. Even for those that are watching online, if you're believing God to become an Australian citizen, amen, it is his will for you. Amen. Thank you. He would not have brought you here. He would not have put the desire in your heart if it's not his will for you to stay here. Amen. Remember, he is the governor. He governs all the nations. Open doors come from him. So, Father God, we praise you and thank you. Amen. That you are the one to move us around. Amen. Your word says that you will move one person from there to here and then from here to there. So, Father God, we praise you and thank you. Amen. That you have moved them here into Australia. Amen. And thank you that your kingdom rules over all. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That you will establish them here. Amen. Receive from you their Australian citizenship here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Glory be to God.